restrains us from coming together and meeting. It is something that wells up in me and, and makes me to understand how close we really are to his soon return whenever we can be. In the name of fear, we can be pushed out and held out. But I say tonight, I want to proclaim that even more do I desire a walk with him. Even more do I desire a move of his presence every time I come into this house. I didn't take it lightly before, but even more now do I say every time that I come into your house, Lord, I want to give you your liberty. I want to give you your liberty in my life. I want to say, God, here I am to lift you up. God, if I can be a conduit tonight, if I can reach out my hands of faith, if I can lift my voice in faith to you and create an atmosphere to which someone can be drawn, which convicting power can move in this house, Lord, let it be be so. God, let it be in me. Move in me. God, help me to respond to you. How I praise you. How I praise you. How I praise you. If you would stand for the reading of the Word of God, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel, the 24th verse. While you're turning there, I want to Say it is an honor and a privilege to speak to speak to this people, to preach what God has put on my heart tonight, and everything has lined up and with what I've been feeling. So tonight I want you to get with the preacher tonight as I give my heart and I give back what God has given to me, but. I must say in the beginning that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is one saving name and that is the name of Jesus Christ to be called on you in baptism. If you were baptized under the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, I would encourage you to speak to one of us and let us, let us reveal to you, let us open and let us, let us walk through the Word of God and, and open our understandings to that hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and that there is one faith and there is one baptism. There's only one God and He is in us all and He is through us all. I'm here to tell you tonight that there is no other name under which you must be saved. And with that, 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse number 22. And David swore unto Saul, and Saul went home, and David and his men got them up into the hold like to speak to you for a few moments of time I shall not be long but I want to give you my heart preach to you on this subject get into the hold get into the hold can we pray God I love you and I honor you I thank you tonight Lord for your presence that I felt so strong I thank you for your anointing, God, that I am going to 
oh, so humbly enter into that I am so humbly going to yield myself to right now, God. It is not me, but it is you, Lord. And I ask, God, that you would let your voice be heard and let you be heard in this congregation. Strengthen someone tonight, God. Gird up those that are weak, God. I pray that you and you alone are able to move in this house for this time. Those that are here and those that are listening, God, go and be with us. And we ask, Lord, that you would, your anointing would flow throughout this place. We ask these things in your wonderful name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. I take my text from the book of Samuel in a time in which David was unsure of what was happening around him. David was in a place that he was the anointed to be king and he was pursued by the rejected king. The rejected king was out to kill the anointed king. Doesn't quite seem right and you can only imagine in David's mind and in David's heart how that Samuel had told him you are to be the king over Israel and him looking and finding Saul sitting upon the throne and, and Saul going to battle and Saul doing the kingly things and, and David sitting there looking perplexed saying how could this be? How could the God of the universe that orchestrates everything have made a mistake? How is it that, this, that there are two kings that are anointed and the misunderstanding and the confusion, the confusion that's going on I'm sure in David's mind as he is running from this king, he is supposed to be protected. He is supposed to be the anointed king. He is supposed to be the one that, that he was the one that the oil dripped from his head to his feet. He was the one that Samuel spoke over as to be the king of Israel. But yet he was standing there unassured because he was chased and he was sought after to be killed by the rejected king. And I say the rejected king because Saul was rejected of God because he disobeyed what God had told him to do. But here in this, in this text we find that Saul is pursuing David. And David and a few of his men had, gotten, had made their way up into the goat hills up into the hills where they could be hidden away. They were hiding from, from the king or the rejected king that was after them. I can only imagine how the David is saying, how is it that I am anointed king, that I am found myself in the goat hills, in the hills hiding in a cave, hiding in a hold, hiding in a place of defense where I've surrounded myself with men and I've surrounded myself with terrain in which I can look out upon and see those that are coming up to get me. And I have found myself, instead of in a kingly palace, instead of eating on a kingly table, that a table is spread out before me with all manner of food. I am trying to find, I am finding myself going and begging at the priest's house and taking the showbread and eating of that and finding things to sustain me. How is it 
that I can be anointed king, but yet I'm living in squalor? How is it that, I'm, that I am the anointed one, that I am the one that God has chosen to rule his people? I am the one that God has called out of my family. I am the one that God has selected, but yet I am, sta- I am walking and I am running from a king that is out to destroy me. It is in this hold and in this place that we find that King Saul makes his way into that. And the Bible tells us that the men and David had had pulled themselves into the wedges and into the hiding and into the crevices of the cave. And as Saul went inside, it was David and his men that his men wanted to, to, to kill the king, Saul, But it's David that said, no, I'm not going to lay my hand upon God's anointed. He's still the king. For whatever reason, I don't understand. But for whatever reason, he still is. And he, he cut off a piece of the skirt of Saul. As Saul left the place, David came out, a bold move on David's part. And he called to Saul and he said, hey, Saul, I want you to know that I had opportunity to take your life I had opportunity to end your reign, and I'll show you the proof. And he held up the skirt. And it was there that Saul said, you know, as the Lord liveth, I'm going to go my way, and you're going to go your way. I'm not you. What I meant for bad for you, I meant to kill you. You had your chance, but you spared my life. You can go your way. find it very interesting that David and his men, he looked at his men As Saul told them, you can go your way. He had freedom to go anywhere in the kingdom right then because Saul said, you you have leave of me. Go ahead and go your way. I'm not going to chase you. I'm not after you to kill you right now. Go and, and take your leave. But it was David that in the middle of the confusion, in the middle of the battle, in the middle of fighting his way for his own life, fighting with everything that he had. For you see that there was people being killed because of David. The the overwhelming guilt because men and women priests and children and livestock were being killed because they had held David in. They had taken David into confidence and they found out about it and, and Saul had all everybody killed that was involved with protecting David. The guilt, the shame. He could have went anywhere. But he said, as I reel from this and as I try to grasp what it is that's going on around me, I'm going to get to a hold. I'm going to go right back in where I found my safety. I'm going to go right back in to that hold. He said to the men, get under the hold. We're going to go into the hold because we have a defensive posture until I can figure out what's happening. There's safety in the hold. Could it be? that this is the reason that David was able to write in the 23rd Psalm, the fifth verse, thou preparest a table before me 
in the presence of mine enemy. Could it be that he found his way into the safety of a hold and said, God, it's just me and you. But there when it was just him and God, God said, I'm going to set you a table out. You're going to be fed off of what I give you. You're going to be nourished off of what I give you. And your enemy's going to have to sit there and watch what's going on. We're going to take a break in the battle because I'm going to give you leave because I am your God and I can sustain you telling you tonight that we have that God. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're fighting against, whatever depression and oppression that society right now has brought upon the church, and they are oppressing the church. Can I tell you tonight that if we can get to the hold, if we can get back into the hold, there's safety in the hold. We don't have to go out and try and try to move forward right now. There's a time, there's nothing wrong with getting into a hold. There's nothing wrong with, with saying, hey, my strength lies here. I can be safe here for a few moments until I wrap my head around what's going on. I can find that I can be in communication with God. God in the hold. If you would put that approach plate. This is an ILS localizer approach plate for runway 30 in Meadows Field. Looks very confusing. A lot of numbers, a lot of lines. But this is used in instrument flying whenever IMC conditions are at play where you can't see outside of your airplane, when you can't see the surroundings that you go to. And on this plate, if you read it, everything there is what you need to, to maintain and to stay out of, stay, stay, to keep from colliding with terrain, to keep in contact with tower or somebody. Because you see, as you make the approach into Bakersfield, and it can get very foggy here, as you make the approach into Bakersfield, and you can't see outside your window, you don't understand until you've been there and you're at the helm. Landon, you're holding that, that yoke, and you can't see outside. All you can see is your instruments. You don't understand until you've been there how taxing it is on the mind and how it wears your body down because you don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. You're trusting instruments, and you're trusting that approach plate to tell you what radial to fly, to tell you how, how, how far down you can descend, when to start your descent, and where to start your descent. It's taxing. It's confusing. Because here you are trying to fly the radial and trying to stay on glide slope, and the wind is buffeting you and blowing you off course, and you're having to fly back to that, not knowing where you're going. You can see just nothing but white outside the windshield. And you're, and you're being buffeted and turbulence is, is causing you to go above the glide slope and below the glide slope. And, and you're trying to stay on course, maintaining altitude, maintaining glide slope, maintaining communication, trying to understand that there's, there's something else I have, to, I have to comprehend and something else I have to, have to figure, and that's the missed approach. So in other words, if I fly this pattern 
in the lower box, you'll see a line that comes down with, if you can see it, it says 301. That's the radial that you'll fly into. At the bottom of it, there is a little arrow that swings up. So that's telling you if you fly that localizer in and you're on glide slope and you're on, you're, you, you are exactly where you should be when you look up and you look up at 698 feet off, at 690 feet elevation, you should look up and see a runway environment. If you don't see that runway environment in the midst of your, of, of the turbulence, in the midst of you trying Everything, all this information is, is being saturated. Your mind is, is being saturated that minutes turn seem like hours and, and it's just, you don't understand the, the, the stress that you're under is redlining right now. But when you get to that DA or that MDA, that minimum decision altitude, there's something, all the stress that's there, when you don't see that runway environment, you must pitch up add power and climb to a thousand feet and when you get to a thousand feet then you turn make a turn a right hand turn up to three thousand feet finding the radial to the shafter VOR. You say great what does that mean? That's all cool. But what that means is if I cannot land After I've been through what I've been through, the fight of maintaining glide slope, the flight of maintaining my vertical approach, the stress, the communication, being so saturated that someone asks your name, you'll tell them to hold on, I'll get back to you. You get that saturation level where your mind is working so hard that you're trying to, to make sure that everything is right, that you know that if you can't land, and you're still you're thinking, oh man, I got to go through this all again. But there is some relief because if you can get to that hold off the missed approach out of Bakersfield, California, when you can't land, when you fought your way through, if you can get to the hold, there's something there. There's safety there. There is safety in the hold because. The, the tower, the control center has, has vectored everybody else away from you, has got you to that point to where you can get your mind back right, where you can, where you can get your planning back together because all you got to do is fly the hold. And every pilot has been flying the hold his whole career because every pattern is a hold. You know how to fly a hold. If you can just get to the hold, then I know that I can, I can get everything back to where it is and I can be safe in the hold. Ephesians chapter number 6 verse number 10 finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may withstand that evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. 
having your loins girt with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Whenever you're fighting and you're battling and it seems that you don't know which end is up and which end is down, you can't seem to comprehend anymore because everything has come against you. Your family's coming against you. Your friends are coming against you. Everything that you try to do right, you're thinking you're doing right, but it seems that everybody's telling you, no, you're doing wrong and you're going the wrong way. That's when the Bible tells you, when you've done all you can do to stand, stand therefore. But you don't just stand, because while you're standing, you're going to take on the whole armor of God. Which having your, go your loins gird with truth, that means you're wrapping yourself up with the truth of the word of God, with the truth of the gospel, with the truth that cannot fail, that will not fail. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, you say, Brother Kaufman, I don't feel that I have much righteousness, for my righteousness is filthy rags. But can I tell you, what you do have, put it on your breastplate. What you do have, where you, what you're standing with, put it out for all to see. That way can, they can see, hey, I'm trying to make a difference in my life. You may not see where God's brought me from, but I know and what righteousness I have. I'm going to put it out for everybody to see. You may not understand why I dress the way I dress, but it's my breastplate of righteousness and I want everybody to see it. I'm leading my life with my breastplate of righteousness, but it's filthy rags. That's to God compared to his righteousness. So that God-given righteousness that you have, you shouldn't shame it by hiding it. But you should say, the way I walk and the way I talk is my righteousness. Don't come against it because it is defense for me. It is a defensive armament that I wear. It is not to offend, but it is to defend my righteousness. It is to defend my soul. It is to, for me to stand whenever it seems all I can do is stand. He said having your feet shod with the gospel of peace. That doesn't mean that whenever in the day and age we're living in, whenever people, they, they, can't, they don't just look down upon you for coming to church or why do you go to church so often? Now they can tell you, you know what, it's really not right, and they can shame you because you go to church, and you can, they can shame you because of the way you are. But it's then whenever I take and I say, I'm going to walk away with my gospel of peace.
And whenever I walk towards you, you're going to see me coming with the gospel of peace. I'm not going to come against you. I'm not going to try to, to shame you or to outdo you, but I'm going to come against you with my peace. I'm going to come against you with the peace that passes all understanding. That way you'll understand that the way I live is because I live because the peace he gives me. Above all, taking your shield of faith. And I like this. If you use your shield of faith, the Bible tells us that we, can, we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Not just some, but if you'll, if you'll lead your way with that shield of faith, saying, I'm standing upon the promise of God. I'm standing on the promise of what he gave me. He filled me with the infilling of the Holy Ghost so that I could hold my head up high and my faith is reached out that he's going to heal me when I'm sick and I'm releasing my faith that he's going he's gonna to sustain me whenever I'm hungry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead with my shield of faith saying he's going to provide when I need provision. And it is there that you lead that with that shield of faith. That, and if you have that out in front of you, there's no fiery darts that can make it through to get to you. How many are thankful that we have a whole armor of God and the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? The Word of God. And the armor of God is the only offensive weapon. The Bible says it cuts like a two-edged sword. Not only is it defensive, but it is also offensive. You can go out and you can tell of his greatness. You can tell the plan of salvation, and it may offend some, but yet it may heal some. It may cut away and cut out of the pride and, and cut into the understanding and cut away and, 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 and make, make marks where someone can make inroads to coming to the truth. But you better be sure that you're filled with the Spirit when using the sword of the Spirit. It's not just a sword that you're going to willy-nilly go out and just use. Because if you're not, you'll get cut up in the process. You'll get cut up in the process because there are people out there that know the Word of God. But if you come at it with love and understanding and feel with the Spirit, then they're open to that. They're open, it'll open their understanding. But if you go out and try to go out without the Spirit of God in you, then you are, you're going to fail miserably. So it doesn't matter as we stand tonight and the musicians come. It doesn't matter the fight. It doesn't matter the battle. It doesn't matter whether you're winning. And it doesn't matter if you're being kicked in the teeth. If you can get to the hold then everything will be put off. There's safety in there. You can regroup in the hold. You say, Brother Kaufman, where's the hold? What are you talking about, the hold? That's in your closet in prayer. 
that's down here in the well. That's a hold when it's just me and God. That's a hold whenever I say, okay, I'm making some commitments right now that if I will commit to trusting in the approach plate, if I will commit to trusting in the, the way that you want me to go, in, in, in the route that you have me to follow, then I'll know that I trust in you enough, God, to say that you're going to put everything out of my way. There's no other traffic. There's no other obstructions that can be in my way. If I can just get to you and get to the hold, then I know that your promise is true, that you're not going to leave me, nor are you going to forsake me, but you're going to be with me until the end. It is God that is, that is there in the hold. It is not we alone, but if we can get to the hold, we can regroup and we can regain strength in the hold. What's nice about the hold is the hold's not just for one. But if you see your brother, your sister, you see him struggling, you can say, hey, let's get to the hold. We can regroup in the hold. There's safety if we can get to the hold. Yeah, we can go anywhere. God's allowing us to go anywhere and do anything. But there's some times when you got to get to the hold. That's getting back to that reconsecration. That's going back to that realm of safety. That's going back to that place where I say, okay, God, here's where you protected me. Here's where you led my enemy right before me, and he sat there asleep, and I was able to take something from him. I'm going to go back to that hold because that's a monument to me if I can get to the hold. As they sing tonight, these altars are open. I would encourage you, if you're struggling, get your pride out of the way and get to the hold. If you're winning the battle, come and regroup in the hold. If if you're having trouble and it seems like everybody's against you, there's protection in the hold. If I can just get to the hold, my brothers will be there in the hold. There's help in the hold.